Welcome to Man in the Making, episode 11, with former Monk and co-host Rajan Shankara. Thank you for joining me, Rajan. Thank you, Rokas. A listener of the podcast messaged me saying he is interested to know how monks deal with negative emotions. Could you explain? Yeah. I've actually been asked that before, several months ago, uh, as a civilian. And I was asked that question a lot in the monastery when people would come and they would see a monk walking and start talking to them. Everyone thinks that monks are somehow designed to not go through certain things. And somehow there's a misconception about being in a monastery. And if you have any troubles or if you have hardship or struggle and and if you need emotion and things like that, and what it all boils down to is perspective. So monks have to go through the same emotions that people out in the world do. We have to live with each other. And I often use the um, a comparison and ask people if, you know, imagine, so you're asking me, some people ask me, you know, how do I live with my spouse? You know, one other person, maybe two other people. And I say, well, imagine living with 20 other people and how tricky of a situation that could be. And it starts to put things in perspective. And it shows that monks do, in fact, have to learn how to live with other people and go through the sensitive aspect of other people's natures um and i think monks come to the same conclusion about emotions both negative and positive um and those conclusions that monks use can be that can also be used by people out in the world and that's basically a long-winded way of saying that there is a certain amount of detachment that we have to have in our paradigm or worldview, how we see the world, that all that has to be moderated through a lens of what's called detachment. And this ties into my work on energy management that I learned from my mentors. And basically that's, uh, I guess you could say it's a step-by-step process of detachment, discrimination, and dispassion. So discrimination is a good one that you would start with. So how do you deal with negative emotions? Step one, discriminate, meaning have some sort of pick and choose mentality of what am I going to give my energy to? Is this thing worth even having negative emotions about or positive emotions about? Because you could blanket the whole answer on, well, don't have negative emotions, but that's unrealistic, right? That doesn't make sense because life is going to create stimulus. There's going to be a pause where we have a choice to react. And then our reaction is going to follow based on how long that pause was. So we can't say that there's not going to be a reaction to life, that there's not going to be negative emotions. But I I love the question so much because it, it really says when there are negative emotions, how do we handle them? And so I would ask myself in a, in a 
in a way with discrimination is this negative emotion valuable is this worth having so in the monastery the monks would use a, a little metric to gauge the emotion and we would ask ourselves is this going to hurt someone is this going to hurt myself or is this going to damage something a piece of equipment or a property so for example when you're on a team of people it's easy to run into negative emotion because someone else is in charge someone else is making decisions and those decisions might not align with your morals and you may be jealous you may be resentful you may hate the the way someone else leads and all this goes into uh, living with other people too and interpersonal relationships in the home so you really want to ask yourself you know is it worth going through an emotion and you know that because is it going to hurt someone is it going to go is it going to hurt you or is it going to damage something like seriously so for example if you're on a team with someone and someone has an idea they have a budget they're going to spend thousands of dollars on something or they're going to drive a piece of equipment or do some sort of project and you disagree and you feel like you have more right than they do you know you, you're going to start to feel negative emotions but you know is that person going to hurt someone is that person going to hurt you or themselves is that person going to ruin something like seriously and waste a lot of money and cause damages and if none of those things are going to happen then your discrimination should tell you okay like let go relax and let them have it and this is this is key when you're working on a team with other people you have to know when to say something and you have to know when to not say something and to just let someone ride with it and a lot of times some of the most proactive ways to deal with emotion is to not say anything at all and to let it pass that is where detachment comes in and detachment is the act of using discrimination over a long period of time and knowing or having enough skill and wisdom to not have to think about those questions and the situation it just comes as an intuitive knowing as a spark already there so detachment is just letting go over time from someone else's way of thinking or someone else's uh, decision making and ideally you know the best place to be and the place that monks attempt to live in is uh, quite peaceful because other people do things around them and they don't let it affect them because they have detachment because over a long period of time they've essentially established a rule within their brain within their psyche and their entire being that says this isn't going to affect me and and i'm not going to let this change the way i feel which after starting your day um, effectively and powerfully uh, with meditation and yoga and, and everything you're in a pretty elevated state but then when you leave your house that's when all of a sudden negative emotion could come up or basically external 
influences, right? Things outside yourself can change your emotion, unfortunately. Now, we know, uh, I would say a lot of people know that you don't have to let those things change you and affect you, but they will. So it's a, it should be liberating to know that over time with enough practice and enough years of experience, you won't be affected by the same things anymore. That's for sure. Eventually we mature, we get older and we become wiser and we start to let things go quite naturally and negative emotions won't come up as much. Um, and what I try to help people with is that we can accelerate this process of wisdom. It's accelerated wisdom. It's, it's basically uh, living uh, many, many years in a small period of time. And, you know, we want to take one year at a time and say, okay, from the ages of 17 to 18 or 18 to 20, I'm going to gain a decade of wisdom. And we do that with these practices. Okay. So we have the discrimination. When the negative emotion comes up, we have these questions. Uh, is this worth going through negative emotion about? Should I say something to someone? Uh, should I express myself? Or should I just shut up, keep my mouth closed and suck it up, right? And a lot of that is actually sucking it up. Like that, a lot of it is, is just taking it. Dispassion, dispassion is, is kind of the end state after discrimination and detachment are achieved. So basically the two equal dispassion and, and you, you, uh, it, it takes quite a bit of external influences to affect you and to, to change you. And I think that this can have both positive and negative uh, consequences. Ne the negative one being you're not that quick to respond. Uh, that could also be a positive. So it's kind of a double-edged sword when we start to practice yoga and meditation. Um, to an obsessive degree, which monks do. Um, and so what monks try to do with negative emotion and positive emotion as a whole is they kind of achieve dispassion and they get to a level of consciousness where they just don't let things bother them. And there's a scale, like there's a, there's a gradation scale where that's both good and bad. And sometimes we do want to react and sometimes we do want emotion and we do want to speak up and express how we feel. And it's a fine balance really. And that's kind of the art of living and that's the adventure of, of being alive. And I think everyone can reach a level of dispassion. I think everyone can react to negative emotions like a monk does. But at the same time, I think everyone should not try to avoid negative emotions, but when they're in them, get to a point of transcendence and then act. So instead of instead of feeling negative in, in, or instead of avoiding feeling negative and, and thinking that you're somehow lesser because of your, of a negative emotion, go through it, like observe it, reflect on it, 
say to yourself or say out loud, right now I'm feeling bad. Right now I'm feeling jealous. Right now or for the past month, I have felt like jumping off of a building. And try to go through it and get into it and go to the end of it. Because with every emotion, there's a beginning, a middle, and an end. So it starts somewhere. It has a beginning. It's like a string. And it may be so long you cannot see where it ends or where it even began. But if you go down deep enough into an emotion and, and you self-journal and reflect and walk and contemplate your life and try to understand instead of avoid, then you can really start living like a mystical person, like someone who believes that they're in charge of their own destiny. And that's really how a monk does it. And that's how they get to dispassion. They, they use discrimination and detachment as this mathematical equation. And over time, it's automatic. And it's a restructuring of a value system. And it happens all over again. We're going to go through something. Someone is going to piss us off. Someone is going to make us feel different than we do now, assuming that the way we feel now is at least a little better than a negative emotion. So I, I caution people who are overly positive and say, well, you know, you can use the law of attraction and, and have positive vibes only. And it's like, well, no, not really. You're, you're going to have negative vibes. You're going to have moments of darkness and like pits of despair that you're not sure you can make it out of. And I don't think people should avoid those areas. I think they should actually maybe the avoidance of those areas, especially while you're in them, is a cause for suffering because you're trying to get out of this box of suffering when actually the solution is written on the walls of the box and it's, it's just there and you have to trace it back. What made me feel this way? Why did that thing make me feel this way? How many times have I felt like this? Did this happen when I was a child? You know, did my parents begin doing things like this? And then that's what sets me off. And these are the things that you have to figure out. And sometimes you have to figure them out out loud, meaning you have to actually talk to someone about it and say, hey, um, have you ever felt like this before? Okay, I'm feeling this right now. And do you have any thoughts? You know, you kind of have to let people into your world sometimes. and that could be a role model, that could be a friend, a mentor, um, whatever. I think what social media does is interesting. It kind of explains these types of things through memes. And so many people can identify with a, a common meme. And it's like, well, yeah, absolutely. Those are those feels. That is what's going on in my head. And that's some people's outlet for expression and for relief. So there's all kinds of ways to go through negative emotions, but, you know, specifically a monk does not fear them. And especially when they're happening to them, you know, for example, um, you know, since I've been out in the world, I've gone through things for the first time. I've gone through confusions and, and feelings that have welled up within myself. 
that I cannot understand and I cannot explain. And essentially it has a root, you know, somewhere in jealousy and insecurity and misidentification, thinking one thing, but that's actually not true. And so I've had to literally like go for a walk and just kind of talk to myself and say, well, what the hell is going on? Why does this make me feel like this? And I kind of try to come back to myself and and you can feel when the shift takes place. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. I just like to add to what you were saying before. There's a quote from the Stoics, which goes as follows. You can't control the situations around you, but you can control your reaction to them. To go more in depth and more in depth into that is easier to blame others than to put the blame and responsibility on yourself. However, when you become frustrated and voice the blame on other people, you actually put yourself in a worse state that will keep you angry for longer. I'll use an example of uh, driving and someone cuts you off suddenly and it almost, let's say, causes a car crash. At that point, you become very frustrated. And if you then start beeping or swearing and just road rage, uh, trying to get your anger out onto that other person, it would just make you angrier instead of if you were just kept quiet. Yes, they it was their fault, but by not voicing it, it goes away a lot sooner because you're not giving it any power in a way. Exactly. Explain it, Beth. Yeah, that, that is, no, that is how to explain it. And it's the classic snake bite analogy or metaphor where um, what's worse, getting bit by the snake or having the poison course through your veins as you seek revenge. I mean, it's when we hold on to things as grudges that fester and create these, these deep-rooted, painful, uh, what we would call in Sanskrit, uh, samskaras. You know, we could actually just say scar. And they never heal, you know, because we're holding on to them or we're trying to give them away to someone else by, by blaming them. That's why I wrote the book that I wrote that, and called it Everything is Your Fault. It's, it's an ownership philosophy that says, you can actually take the responsibility for everything. And that's not the end of it, but that's kind of the beginning of that string, you know, of that thread of the emotion. When I go through confusions and negative emotions or lower states of mind, and, and it does happen, right? No one, is, no, one, no one can transcend it completely. It has to come back because we're living in the world. Right. And part of the reason I left the monastery was because I was inside of a bubble and I had kind of reached, I started in the center and I reached the outer wall and was starting to press on it. And it was like, okay, I need to go out there. And so we, we can't run from these things. We have to kind of put them on ourselves and not give them to other people. So I understand the so the stoic perspective is kind of how I started out like that's a that's one that's one way like like nothing has to bother you nothing outside of yourself has to cause reaction or has to be cause for reaction but what I was taught by my guru is that 
when the reaction occurs, then you can choose how to act again. And, and it, and it's, and, and, and that's something that really liberated me in, in, when I was a young monk, because I was really dumb and I was, uh, I was a jerk and I would, I would, you know, complain and argue. And, and then I, I finally got to the point, like, I was, I was like, what's going on here? I, I thought that I was supposed to be perfect. And, and my teachers went through a process that took years where it came, we came to the conclusion, you know, and I, and, and I was eventually taught and understood that it's not that the reaction is not supposed to happen. The negative emotion from outside influences will happen. It's not like that. It's not supposed to happen. That's part of life. But when it happens, that's when you can choose that's your point of choice. And so how long does this negative emotion uh, keep me down or, or keep me away from my, my true self? Um, do I try to blame others and push it back on others? Do I try to avoid it or sink it deep down inside myself and not, and not have to go through it? Or do I grab it, right, and take that ownership and look at it straight in the eyes and say, this is jealousy. This is fear. And it's inside me right now. And now what do I do about it? And so that's when you kind of have this absorption effect and you, you own it and then use the laws of self-reflection and, and, and discrimination detachment and dispassion to, to, to then transcend that moment. And so that sounds like a lot of work, right? It sounds exhausting, but in reality, when you become proficient in this type of skill set, it happens immediately. There is, isn't really any time after a while. It just, it, your reaction time is so fast that it can be in between sentences. That's how, that's how fast you can go down through the pit of despair and up into a state of enlightenment. And it, it's a part of a, uh, it's a part of a value structure, a hierarchy. And we go up and down, up and down, up and down. And we're constantly restructuring ourselves and remolding the way we see ourselves in the world. And that's why I constantly talk about powerful people not just doing this once and always being the same. It's doing it over and over again, multiple times throughout a day or throughout a conversation, in fact, and just constantly rechanging or, or changing um, what you believe in. And, and, and that's, that's a kind of an area of spontaneity where you don't avoid anything. You just go head on to, into everything. And that's like living in the moment that's living in the, in the now that that's living inside the reaction so much so that it, it no longer has any power over you. I guess that's kind of an answer. Yeah, that was really good. I mean, it's an, it, it's, it's a never-ending question, right? Like, once we think we've transcended something, it's going to come back again even more. It's going to come back on a different level. 
because every time we experience something and do good at it, like every time, every time this process happens, a challenge comes our way, an emotion comes our way, a situation happens where we're forced to evolve or destruct and we end up evolving in that new stage of where we're at, where our consciousness goes to, there's another level of challenges. And each level of growth and upliftment that our consciousness goes through or, or that we go through as consciousness, there's a new set of situational challenges that are meant to occur at this new level. And it's like being single. There's a set of challenges there. Then you get into a relationship. There's a set of challenges there that were did not present themselves when you were single. And then there's a, there's a set of challenges at a job. And then every level of that job, if you work your way up through a corporate ladder, a new set of challenges will take place. So you will never get to the point where you are free from challenges. But you can get to the point where you are freed from long-term pits of despair and suffering and darkness. And those moments in an, in an evolved individual, in a mature adult, don't necessarily happen less. They happen for a shorter duration. So the frequency may not change because the challenge frequency will in, probably increase. But your reaction time can become instantaneous so that from one moment to another, you restructured yourself and became a new person, evolved again, and are ready for a new set of challenges. And, and I experienced this time and time again. And, and, and there's, there's two ways to look at this. You know, oh my God, I can't possibly survive that. Or my favorite side of the coin is bring it on in other words give me more and that's something i had to learn by getting stuck at the bottom and not knowing where to turn and just staying there and then finally i was able to understand what my mentors were saying and why the alternative is is useless why why staying down there is useless you know you only have the two right either you get stay down or you go back up for for air for light and then all of a sudden a wave comes by and it happens again you know but can you stay closer to the top and you know i i tell that to a certain age group as well like i'm 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 kind of iterating this point to young people because once you get to a certain age you're either stuck in despair and going through the motions of life or you get it and you got it a while ago and you're just rolling and then you're saying you know what's next what's next what's next but young people they have a hard time seeing the future or the fact that there is a future and they're having a real difficult time realizing that there's an end, you know, there's a beginning, a middle and end to their struggle and they're kind of in the middle and, and they're stuck there. And 
for a young person who, you know, hasn't experienced all that much and hasn't been around for that long and has stopped collecting data to better themselves, there is no end in sight. Like there is no tomorrow. But when you live after a while, there's this mysterious process of maturing where a wise person can say there's actually going to be a tomorrow. The sun is going to come up again and you just keep going for the sake of going. It's this unknown, unexplored thing that happens with each day. It's this novelty. It's this inability to see. And we all have it. But those that succeed tend to look forward to it. They look forward to not knowing. They're okay with not knowing, not having the answers. Because the answer is in the exploration process. And the people that get stuck in the day before, they don't want another unknown. They can't handle it. They haven't yet resolved all the other days that came before it. And it's really where someone needs to step in. And sometimes someone needs to hold their hand for a few unknowns, a few more. And someone else needs to kind of see what happened to them before and tell them about their past and go through their experience. And that's why we talked so heavily before about reading and, and learning and self-development. And you kind of get to this point where it's okay to get hit with emotions. It's okay to be imperfect for a while. And it's okay to not know something and it's okay to not always be right. 